Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Brian. And we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. We hope you're enjoying this episode. You know, it's our goal to make this podcast useful to you. So if you find it valuable, we want you to consider supporting the Bible Bistro financially. You know, there's a cost associated with this podcast, and your support will help us to continue this mission. If you'd like to help, we have set up a Patreon account where you can contribute at any level. Maybe you just want to give us a few bucks a month and buy us a cup of coffee. Or if you support us at $15 or above, you can receive some of our personalized items, like the Bible Bistro coffee mug. Trust me, you're really going to want one of those. Absolutely. You just got to go to our website or in the show notes and click on the Patreon link. And thank you so much. We appreciate our loyal listeners. Welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. Hey, and I'm Brian. And this is the Bible Bistro. Oh, it's a musical episode. It is. It's a musical. Okay. It's a mu- Oh, well, I'm inspired by this. Well, because of, we have John Weatherly in the house, and in the he's house. the one who's taught us that the Gospel of Luke is actually a musical. It, that's right. Well, the, 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 the infancy narrative is a musical. <laughs> infancy yeah. narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Infancy narrative. Yeah. Infancy narrative you you reference several musicals in yeah. the midst of all that. Yeah, so. that's true. And a couple of gang- gangster movies, but yeah. well, we are glad to have John Weatherly back with us. And, it is always a pleasure to be at the Bistro. And I guess we're actually with him. Back with him, we in are his, we are back in, in his in, abode in the Weatherly Manse. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> in the, yeah. the, the, the Weatherly Hood, the Weatherly Estate. Yeah, <laughs> we've had uh, Shea Weatherly. We've had it just like a bistro. We've had coffee, and we we've have had, had coffee inappropriately had, Christian mugs. Yes, we've had cookies. This is this <laughs> is actually Christian mugs. Yes. This is actually Collegio Biblico. So anyone, who yeah, one of my favorite places. It is oh. a great place. Great you people. Eat, you you great eat people. so well when you were there. The, yeah. What is it? You can't just say words. Oh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a Bible college in Mexico. Okay, and right on the border. Yeah, yeah we they have, have they have a facility in Eagle Pass, Texas, and in mm-hmm. Piedras Negras, Mexico. And they they train uh, ministers for uh, Mexico and other parts of Latin America. Yeah. Actually. Uh, well, yeah. and even I, they've had I think they had a student from Equatorial Guinea. Sure, which okay. is where huh. Spanish is the colonial language. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. So. I knew nothing about yeah. this before you guys said anything. Well, there That's you are. So. a fun place. Fun I, can, place. I, can, I can add nothing here. If you're invited to go there, go. You will have. You will be received like, warmly, warmly, and and, yeah. and and the ladies are going to cook for you like yeah. nobody's business. Yeah. Good yeah. people. Good yeah. people there. All right. Well. We've also had cookies. Yes. I can talk about cookies. Those are from my wife. Fantastic. Yeah. They are delicious. Very, and so very th- if you thank Mrs. Weatherly for that. Yeah, 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 so. Her signature chocolate chip cookies. The Lady Weatherly, as we like to call her. Her secret here, recipe. So. Okay. Which is the Toll House recipe with 50% more chocolate chips. <laughs> oh. They are very chocolatey. They're very chocolatey, which that's, I like. I mean, which, I mean I like. what? Yeah. If you want a chocolate chip cookie. That's it. I mean, yeah. it's first of all, the name, chocolate. Yeah. Comes first. So. I, I need a good balance of cookie and the ratio's got to be right. Which means right. more chocolate. <laughs> That's right. Well, anyway, what do we bring John to talk about today? Why don't yeah, you tell we're us? Well, he's, he's, this is so. Episode, this, this is the fourth time. Fourth. You, you remember the Saturday Night Live? They used to have the, they had a special lounge for guests that have been there. What was it, over eight times? The Eight Timers Club or something it, like that? It could be. I go to bed on Saturday nights. <laughs> did you in the 70s, though? You did oh, heavens no. <laughs> That's where he was wearing a white bow tie back no. in the seventies. Back in the seventies, well, it was, was like it was like Paul Simon and Steve Martin. I'm yeah. trying to remember. It was, it was the people yeah. who were on there yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time. Oh, well, yeah. From my era, in fact. You know, you're you're our four timers club now. We'll have to have to think. I don't know <laughs> special what special wow we will for, do. Yeah, for 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what this you're saying. Get, this this podcast is getting really old. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're on the third season, and John's been with us four times. Anyway, uh, well, anyway. so John, John, last time you were here, mm-hmm. you talked about the uh, the. Uh, all of that discourse in the in Luke. Mm-hmm. Luke acts as your speciality. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time we had you on, you just talked about the gospel of Luke in general, yeah. and it was it was a great episode. You talked about Acts a little bit then, uh-huh. and we said then we would have you on to talk about kind of the book of Acts and how okay. do we look at it and how should we read it and this kind of thing. And in, so. in proper New Testament prophetic tradition, we didn't know how long it would take to come Who to knew? the fulfillment of that promise. <laughs> Who knew? That's right. Yeah. So, but indeed, as New Testament prophecy, it does come true. It does so indeed. It does indeed. It, it may not seem like it's soon but it's soon enough <laughs> that's right okay and that's and that's pretty much the whole story right okay there, there okay. we are okay. that's the book of acts in a nutshell okay soon enough <laughs> all right well next week <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah we've lost all control here so we want to talk about the book of acts yeah let's tell okay. us tell us tell us everything we need to know everything we're going to read the book. well let me let me let me kind of tell about my my experience of the book of Acts. How's that? Uh, I grew up as a Midwestern Christian church guy. I'm from the Indianapolis area originally. Sure. Uh, And Carmel side or Greenwood side? Well, yeah, mostly, mostly North side. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I know. I know. I'm on the union side of Indianapolis, not the Confederate side of Indianapolis. Okay. I'm not not that old. And we could say more about that, which we will not say. Yeah. Although some some would, I mean, Indiana. I can I can say this as a recovering Hoosier. Indiana is best characterized as the upraised middle finger of the South. <laughs> but but uh, thank you for tr- listening to the Bible Bistro. <laughs> you can leave that in. You can take that out. No, yeah. That, yeah, that's true. I never thought of that. But I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's truth there. The yeah. Union won the the Union won the war, but the Confederacy won much of the culture. <laughs> um, <laughs> But enough of that. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> back to the Bible. Back to back to the Bible. Grew up in in Indianapolis in in the independent Christian churches. Just to name drop a little bit. When yeah. I was born, my parents were going to Traders Point Christian Church, okay. which is of course a huge multi site mega church now. Right. But but at so the, the time, the point now is that what they call it now? No, is it it's still, still, is it still Traders, Traders Point. Traders okay. Point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's still Traders Point, even though I mean it's all over. It's all over the North Side and, okay. and downtown and Midtown and everything. Um, but at the time, I mean, in the early 60s, they were still meeting in the wood frame building uh, there in the the section of northwest um, um, Marion County that was known as Traders Point. Huh. Okay. Uh, and I mean, I remember, well, first of all, my sister uh, was was married in that building. Uh, I was I was she was a lot older than I was. We're right. all spread out. So I was like three years old and she was she was married there. I remember vividly the last Sunday in that frame building and the first mm. Sunday in the in the next building that they okay. built, which of course now people would think of as the, the old, old building, building. <laughs> back in back in the day. Uh, you know, and my earliest memory of church is my dad lifting me to hold on to the big rope that the bell was tied to. Uh, and he'd yeah. use me as kind of a counterweight to, to ring the bell. So right. those are my those are my Christian church bona fides right okay. there. And and so, you know, I grew up with the idea. After Traders Point, my family was involved in planning a church in Carmel, which now is known as Venture Christian Church. Um, 
But, you know, I grew up with the idea that the book of Acts was there to kind of show us how to do church. Right. It's a kind of a Blueprint. narrative compendium yeah. of the model of what a church is. And, of course, this is rooted in the history of the Stone-Campbell movement in um, the kind of optimism that existed in the 19th century about the United States Constitution and the belief that a restoration of the understanding of the New Testament as the church's right. constitution could overcome all of the accretions of history and the divisions sure. that existed among Christians, etc. But I'm, I'm struck by the way that um, Douglas Stewart and Gordon Fee talk about the book of Acts in their celebrated book, uh, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, where they say, all Protestants have a restoration movement mentality hmm. where the book of Acts is concerned. Hmm. Because, you know, as a Christian church person, I would say, you know, yeah, we were we insisted our our practice of baptism and understanding of it is granted in the book of Acts. Right. Um, our, you know, I remember growing up thinking, okay, we shouldn't have missionary societies. We should directly support our missionaries. Why? Because that's how they did it in the book, book of Acts. Acts. Right. Okay. Um, we don't sell things in church because they didn't sell things in the book of Acts. Uh, you know. Okay, now, we're, now we're getting into the absences, right? Yeah, so. yeah, we are. Yeah, and then, of course, my Church of Christ friends and say, and that's why we don't, don't use sing. instrumental music, right. but right. we do, you know, et cetera. Yeah. So, so you, you begin to run into that. But, you know, you go into other circles. Um, uh, groups that practice confirmation find... Um, Justification for that in the laying on of hands among the Samaritans in Acts chapter eight. Huh. Really? As an okay. example. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and of course, there are different parts of the text of Acts that are cited by people who do Episcopal, Presbyterian, and Congregational sure. government. <laughs> here it is. Yeah. It's clearly in Scripture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's here. You know. You 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 kind of you kind of cherry pick those kinds of things. Well, so you know, I I went into I went to I went to Bible college. I went to seminary, and this this orientation to the Book of Acts is always there. So when I when I go off to Aberdeen for graduate study, because Howard Marshall was there, who was just a wonderful man and a mensch and, and, yeah. and so forth, and had so much influence on so many of us. And a Lukács scholar. And, so. Well, that was it. He was <laughs> right. a Lukács scholar. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I already like this stuff. And, you know, this is this is Howard's jam, so I want to yeah. get in on that. Yeah. And so I really gravitated to that um, as a, a part of my study. But as I'm doing this, and this is something that was gradually dawning on me, I'm realizing that if Acts is written as a kind of narrative compendium of how to do church, it doesn't really succeed. Mm, uh, okay. You know, for, for various reasons, uh, one of which is... There are, there are different things going on in different parts of yeah. the text. Yeah. Um, and, and even the thing that, that you know, my, my Campbellite brethren had insisted on most, there is a consistent pattern of conversion. It was consistent except for except the inconsistencies, <laughs> you know, about which we had to puzzle and, and, right. and questions that the text does not attempt to answer. Sure. If you were, if you, you know, there is no indication are the apostles baptized in the name of Jesus on the day of Pentecost along with everybody else. And I'm realizing, okay, you can answer that question either way, or you can just say the text doesn't, doesn't address it. Yeah. And if the text doesn't address it, that might suggest that you've gone along a cul-de-sac in terms of your understanding of the okay. of, of the meaning of this. And then you recognize, okay, if this is a compendium of, of um, conversion narratives, and this is something that J.W. McGarvey, whose work I deeply respect, but but I, I, find, <laughs> I find fault with it on, on this point, uh, this is something Thing that he said, it's a it's a compendium of, of conversion experiences to show us what what conversion is really supposed to be. The last quarter of the book is Paul in prison, and there are no conversion narratives right. to speak of. In Malta, yes, yeah. you know, but um, nothing. Well, he that's, almost persuaded. Uh, well, that's it. That's it. I mean, you know, there. But but there are other sure. things that are just being said over and over and over and over again. Right. You know, and you okay. think. Mm -hmm. 
maybe, I mean, and that is not to say that there isn't a, a, a steady notion of conversion in the New Testament. I think there is. I just don't think that Acts is written to give it to us okay. as such, as the, as the leading thing. Um, and so, you know, this, this just sort of leads me to try to understand better. And it was all there. It wasn't as if this is something new or original or something of that nature. But it, it really led me to ask, well, what is this book really trying to do? Huh. Uh, and, and I got nudges in, in various directions. And really, uh, a couple of things I think were, were very significant um, in, in, in just terms of, in terms of kind of coming to terms with the book of Acts differently. One is to understand that it is written deliberately as the, the sequel volume or the second mm-hmm. volume of, of which Luke is the first volume. Right. And so this is this is a continuous narrative. This is Godfather Part Two to Godfather <laughs> right. Part One. Right. Okay. This is Better Call Saul to Breaking Bad. However, right. however you want to uh, go kind there. Of, well, I know they're yeah. out of sequence. <laughs> oh yeah, God. really. The prequel, etc. I know. It's, join us for join us for TV talk. That's yeah. that's yeah, yeah exactly. Um, uh, and, and so and so to understand that, and then to see the way that the books are, are deliberately linked together. Mm-hmm. The the most obvious way that this is the case is that Luke and Acts both begin with this authorial prologue. Right. Uh, the first four verses of Luke, uh, which name Theophilus, uh, and where, where Luke says in in the Gospel of Luke, um, you know, I investigated everything from the beginning, and those who are eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, so that you may know the certainty of the things that were taught to you. Okay. So certainty to have confidence to to know that this is not uh, a made up belief, but it is grounded in public truth because there are witnesses of these things. Right. Uh, and 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 so to understand the gospel of Luke in that way, and then we've got to see the God, the, the book of Acts as a continuation of that. Right. Especially when we look at the very short prologue in the book of Acts. In my first book, O Theophilus, I wrote to you about all that Jesus drum roll. Began, began symbol crash to do and teach. Okay, now right. in a lot of expositions of Acts, you'd see people commenting on 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 that verse and saying, "Oh, began is kind of a throwaway word. This is just a literary convention. Hmm. It doesn't really mean began." Okay, and you can you can make a case for that kind of of um, redundancy or prolixity. You know, it it. It happens in biblical speech like it happens in all speech. But when you look at Acts more closely, you realize, oh, now, wait a minute. Okay. Oh, now, wait a minute. Um, it is fair to say in the book of Acts that, that as, as we look at the book as a whole, that it is, in, in one, one way of describing it is that it is the story of how Jesus remains active and present, though absent. Okay. From from what right. is it? Physi- about, physically absent. Yeah, right. Okay. So, I mean, what's the first thing that happens in the book? Jesus speaks to his apostles, oh, and then right. he ascends to heaven. to heaven. Yeah. So he's absent. Okay. Uh-huh. But what happens through the rest of the story? He's present in the way that his followers are recapitulating what he has done. Okay. Hmm. Are not, they are in obedience to him. Uh, but they are also living a life that reminds you of sure. of his life, um, healing healing the way. Yes, exactly. There, yeah. you know, people uh, write about this as the as the Peter, Stephen, Philip, Paul parallels. 
okay. in, in the book of Acts, uh, where, you know, Jesus does miracles of healing. These guys do miracles right. of healing. In the name uh, of Jesus. In the yeah. name of Jesus. Yeah. And, of course, this yeah. is important. Um, you know, the, the, the first instance of this is in the temple in Acts chapter 3. Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Right. Uh, so Jesus heals a lame man um, on the authority of Jesus. Jesus in the Gospel of Luke says, so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. Right. You get up and walk. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he does. Okay. So, so you know, that, that connection is right there. So who is, who is healing this man? Is Peter healing this man? No. no, Jesus is healing sure. this man. Jesus yeah. is healing this man. Um, you know, let's talk about Stephen parallels. Uh, Stephen is, uh, you know, we're, we see Acts predicating miracles with Stephen the same way they do with with Peter. Uh, but then, where is Stephen? He's in the Sanhedrin right. in chapter seven, and they are the ones who are accusing him. He's on trial for his life. Yeah. Now, what he's is he? He's the blasphemy, even. Right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very, very similar. And where is the only place in the New Testament where someone other than Jesus calls Jesus the Son of right Man? There, yeah. It's I right saw there. I saw the Son of Man mm. standing at the right hand of the Right, standing God. at the yeah. right hand of God. Uh, and and what, is, what is he doing? He is uh, recapitulating what Jesus said himself before the Sanhedrin. Right. Mm. Okay. And so they kill him. Right. Okay. Uh, we go to chapter 12. James is killed. By who? Herod. It's a different Herod. But um, Luke is the only gospel who tells us about the engagement of Herod in the in the in the passion narrative of, huh. of Jesus. Okay, you know that that brief pass off with right. Um, uh, you know, et cetera. And, and, and we go to the life of Paul, you know, similar kinds of things with, um, with, the, with the miracles, the persecution, et cetera. Paul has a fateful journey to Jerusalem as huh. Jesus has right. a fateful journey to Jerusalem. The Gospel of Luke um, marks even more definitely than the, the other synoptic Gospels, uh, Jesus' determination sure. to go to Jerusalem in that he, uh, the, the confession of Peter is very early in the Gospel of Luke. It's in chapter 9, proportionately much earlier than it is in Matthew or Mark. And it is immediately following Peter saying, you are God's true king, that Jesus says, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going to die. So that comes very early on. And then you get this famous statement in Acts 9.51. From that point, Jesus set his face steadfastly to go to Jerusalem. So Luke is very much putting that journey to Jerusalem in, in the foreground. When we come to Acts chapter 20, Paul is um, hurrying to get to Jerusalem because right. he wants to get there in time for, uh, for uh, Passover. Um, and um, he's taking back, of course, he's, he's got lots of reasons that he's, he's doing this. But in, um, as he's speaking to the Ephesian elders, he says, right. now I'm going to Jerusalem and I don't know what's going to happen except everywhere I go, the Spirit is telling me that, that Bad things are waiting for me. Right. Uh, we get we get to the next chapter, and he's um, he's in uh, what is it Caesarea, I think, and the Christian and, and uh, Agabus, who is a prophet in in the early church, appears twice. He always has bad news. <laughs> Agabus never gets invited to parties because he's Debbie know, Downer. He's he, a, he is. He's a good prophet. He's, he's, he's a good prophet. He's then, a good you know? prophet. <laughs> Prophets never go to parties. They're right. Friday night. They're always alone. Right. Uh, you know, in Acts chapter 11, he says there's going to be a famine. And uh, in, in, you know, in what is it, chapter 16, uh, it, or, or 20, 21. Oh, is it that yeah, okay. it's, um, um, he, he's, he takes Paul's okay. belt right. and he ties himself up 
with right. Paul's belt. And he says, the owner of this belt is going to be tied up like this in Jerusalem. Yeah. Everybody says, Paul, don't go, don't go. Right. And Paul says, no, I got to go. Right. I've got to go. This is what this is what God has for me. So they both go to Jerusalem. The temple figures very prominently in their dis- disastrous situation. And lo and behold, Paul is in front of of the the Sanhedrin the way Jesus was, and he's engaged with the Romans the way Jesus was. Right. Now, the story is not directly parallel because God says to him, as you have been my witness in Jerusalem, so you will be in Rome, Rome. And, and the story yeah. takes us there. But we see all of these kinds of, kinds sure. of parallels working themselves out. And so <clears throat> as we think about this, I think item one is we're being told God is doing the same thing among the followers of Jesus that he right. was doing in Jesus, and he's doing it in the same way. Yeah. Hmm. Now, you know, when we think about this in light of the idea of certainty, um, what is it that's, that's being said about that in, in the prologue of Luke? Um, and, and of course, you know, certainty is always a relative term. Sure. Uh, that's bring in, bring in a philosopher of religion sometime right. to no, talk about that. We're not right? going to do that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Eventually, you're going to need something. Okay. Eventually, yeah, you need some fresh blood right. in this okay. thing, guys. All right. Well, um, you, you are our fourth time we've had you. Here, I know. So. It's getting pretty sad <laughs> at this point. Um, but uh, um, if we're thinking about certainty, you know, I think we ask ourselves, what are the kinds of things that are making you uncertain or making mm. you question the Christian okay. movement? Well, here, I, I find it interesting to listen to what other voices in the book of Acts are saying about the Christian movement. Right. Huh. Interesting. And, okay. and, and, you know, which I think is kind of Luke's way of, of acknowledging the other story that exists sure. as he's telling this narrative. Well, these people, they're disobedient to Jewish authority. Right. They are blaspheming the temple. Mm. They are, you know, they are, um, they are insurrectionists. Everywhere they go, they create trouble. Right. And after all, right. they worship a crucified guy. Right, which means they worship someone whom the Romans regarded as an insurrectionist. Right, uh, and insurrection language uh, kind of runs through the the whole of of the Luke and Passion narrative, yeah. and 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 comes up again in 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 Acts. Um, they're insurrectionists. They're criminals. Wherever Paul goes, you know, yeah. there's problems. You know, this is the yeah. man in in Ephesus. This is the man who's turned yeah. the world upside down all yeah. over the place. And there's a huge civic unrest. You know, and all sure. of this, and so the a question riot. comes. Yeah, Paul. I mean, this is this is the narrative of what Paul describes in Second Corinthians eleven. What has he been through? Well, you know, he's been he's received stonings. People have tried to kill him. Right. Um, he has been. This isn't narrated in Acts, but in in Second Corinthians, he says he has received the 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 forty right. lashes minus one, which means he's being disciplined in the synagogue and won't leave it. You know, because if you are receiving the, the, the 40 minus one, the synagogue has said, you will either no longer live as a Jew in this community or we will, we will flog you. Right. And he said, okay, flog me because I'm going to continue to live as a Jew in this community. Mm. Okay. So, so this, is, this is the atmosphere that's going on. So in all of this, this looks like some, some weird and, and potentially dangerous religious sect, which is based on some unbelievable story, um, and uh, which is damaging to the, the civic good, as it were. So on the one hand, Acts is showing us that all of the problems that are associated with Christianity really have their roots not in the Christians, but in their opponents, right. in, in, in their opponents' attempt to hold on to power, 
in their jealousy for the influence that the Christians have, uh, etc. When it comes down to the most extended trial narrative that we have, the Romans don't know what to do with Paul. Uh, he goes to Rome without right. any clear charges. Right. You know, uh, they hold a, a, a hearing to try to sort all of this out, and it's like, well, we still don't know what to charge you with, but you got to go to Rome because you've appealed, <laughs> you've appealed to Rome. Right. So, so all of this is is really saying, okay, this movement is not the 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 dangerous, uh, ill-founded, subversive thing that it appears to be. Well, why is it in the condition that it's in? Mm-hmm. Why is it? Why is it like this? And the fundamental answer then is that the true message of God, the true work of God, is something that is widely opposed by the world at large because it so fundamentally challenges and opposes everything that the world at large holds right. dear: power, wealth, right. um, um, the unique status that people have as members of a people group. Mm. Um, there's a lot of talk these the days. Group, yeah. yeah, there's yeah. a lot of talk these days about ethnic identity and <clears throat> whether that place should or play any role in uh-huh. in the Christian life. Acts is a profoundly ethnically aware sure. narrative. Uh, in fact, in some cases, it seems to be deliberately poking fun at the stereotypes of ethnic identity. Mm. Um, there, there, which we could. We could talk about, but, but it's 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 a bit of a distraction. But you 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 know just read through the book of Acts sometime, just looking for all the ways that people are identified ethnically. Right. It's all over the place. Sure, you know you you carry this stuff with you. So all of those things are being challenged, and and in particular the nexus between Jewish identity and the rest of the world, the nations or the Gentiles, right. is being challenged because this larger message is the God of Israel is now doing what He's always promised to do. He's taking His world back. The right. promise to Abraham is being fulfilled. The promise of the true prophet, like Moses, is being fulfilled. The promise of the great son of David, whose throne God will establish forever, is being fulfilled. The promise to the exiles of post-exilic restoration is being fulfilled. All of it in this community of God's people identified by their belief in Jesus and by their being filled with God's promised Holy Spirit through the instrumentality of Jesus uh, to live prophetic lives, small p prophetic, not meaning they're predicting things, but they are declaring God's message by what they say and what they They do, do, all of which is determined by, modeled on the way that Jesus himself lives as the greatest of the prophets. Right. I'm struck by what he says, you know, what Jesus himself says. I mean, just to kind of, yeah. you know, add further to this, where he says that you, these are the same kind of things you're going to be doing. That's exactly right. right. That, that's, that's exactly right. If they hate me, they're going to hate you. Right. This is, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the things, things that, that I've done, you'll do greater things. Yes. You know, the, yeah. The, that's, the, that's, the, that's John, but we'll take it because it all fits together. <laughs> It all fits together well, so beautifully. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. I, I, I count on you to bring John into the discussion. <laughs> can't believe you went to John, Brian. That's well, it. That's it. We all got our thing. Yeah. But, but no, you're right. It, it, but it's it's that idea that, it, well, and even in, the, I guess what I'm saying, in in all of the Gospels, it seems mm-hmm. like there's this idea. We, the, the, if you want me to go synoptic on you, then. Sure, that's fine. Then, oh, he's then, going full synoptic, then you've everyone. Got the, you've got the 12, the calling of the 12, yeah. and they're sent out to do the things that Jesus yeah. is doing. Yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, the 72, yeah. and they're. Yeah. They're out, you know, casting out demons and That's all that kind of stuff. That's so, it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That, there you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We are, I've we actually are, read the other three Gospels. We are right there. So, you know, yeah. you know, part of what's going on in the Gospel of Luke is how in the world can this guy be the Messiah? Right. I mean, actually, after all, he got killed. Right. Okay, and the whole story is showing us what's going on there. He has the authority that 
can only belong to God. Right. Uh, yet he willingly surrenders to his enemies. Sure. Uh, and in that way, he dies for us and he suffers with us. He is like the prophets who've come before. There's all, there's, you know, a half a dozen or so notions that get all tied into into the meaning of the cross there, which is another episode, I suppose. But right. then, but then, yeah, his followers are living life in the same way, maybe not to the same magnitude, but but all of what they do is cruciform. So, you know, one of the kind of summaries of this is that if Acts is about a pattern for the church, the pattern is the cross. Right. That this is this is the way that the that the church yeah. lives. It's always in our seeming weakness, lowliness, alienation, poverty, right. lack of influence that the true power of the the spirit is to be found. Yeah, I'm struck hmm. by that. Just, just at Pentecost. I mean, that's yeah. what that's what cuts them to the heart. This Jesus, whom you crucified, yes. he's he has made God has made both Lord and Christ. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That that even though you crucified him, he's still Messiah. He's still Christ. He is. Right? Yeah, God has so, vindicated him. God has sure. empowered him. Why do we have the Spirit and you don't? Because right. we're the followers of Jesus and you're right. not. And guess the, who? Guess who the King is? Yeah, this is the demonstration mm-hmm. of what you yeah. was prophesied yeah. in Joel. Oh, right? oh, yeah. and how so. how King is he? Well, who gets to pour out God's Spirit? All right. 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 God. God. Yeah. Okay. So you are now God's enemies, and that's why you need to repent. Yeah. 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 That's their response. Yeah. yeah Whoa. We're that's God's good. enemies, which is exactly what John the Baptist has been telling yeah. them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 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 So the powers of the world are aligned around things like wealth and um, and power, political, uh, political, political power, political military and, power, yeah. um, et cetera. And I, I like. I'm, I'm going to access um, uh, one of my favorite books on. Uh, Acts, it's really on Luke Acts, is uh-huh. Prophetic Jesus, Prophetic Church by Luke Timothy Johnson. Uh, terrifically readable book, uh, and I think really, really challenging uh, as well. Uh, he, among other things, he describes the, the the life of Jesus and the church as described by poverty, itinerancy, prayer, and servant mm. leadership. Well, repeat those again slowly. Yeah. <laughs> poverty. Okay. 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 First of all, okay. And I hate uh, yes. As, as opposed to wealth. I as opposed okay. to wealth, yeah. In other words, um, uh, you are you are utterly dependent on God. Right. In God's reign, God is lifting up His lowly people, yeah. and so we deliberately seek a position of lowliness. So, so in Luke, when you go out, don't take a bag with you. Right. Don't, don't yeah. take your purse. God, yeah. God will take care of you. Yeah. Silver and gold, I don't have any. I'll yeah. give you what I have. But in the midst of that, God is providing for His people sure. all the time. Okay. Uh, whether they have, you know. Uh, Paul's commentary on this in Philippians. I know the secret of contentment, whether I'm in plenty or yeah, in want. I, know what it is, I can yeah. do all things through him who gives me strength. Right. That's that's what, what that is about. Okay, so poverty. Sorry, I didn't mean to that's okay. No, that's good. The... Poverty poverty is 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 right there. And right now we're getting uncomfortable. <laughs> and that's right where right. we should be. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. because I don't care how much or how little you have, right. this should make you uncomfortable. Sure. And it it casts us back on the provision and the mercy of God. Right. Itineracy, you don't stay in one place. Right. Uh-huh. Now, what does that look like? It yeah. looks different under every circumstance, sure. but it means that I am it means that I am a citizen of the world in, right. in one respect. That um, I I go where God takes me, but I belong everywhere. Right. Uh, because God is now taking his world back. He is establishing his reign over the world. He is making the whole world his temple. Maybe I'm not I'm not deriving my my um, mm-hmm. my sense of 
purpose and self by yeah. by my location. Right, and know. and I may live and die within twenty miles of my birthplace. Right, but it's not. I'm not going to take that as my as where my, where I place my trust. Right, and know. this is more than saying this world is not my home. Right, this is saying um, the whole world <laughs> is my home. Is yeah. my home. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, that's, a, that's a very different thing. We're not escaping the world. God is taking the world back, and he's somehow doing that through us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in, you know, in, in the name of Jesus and, and, and through the power of the Spirit at, at work in us. The third is prayer. Okay. Uh, not merely prayer as a practice, but prayer as a posture of complete dependence on God. Okay. Uh, dependence for provision, dependence for guidance, dependence for deliverance. Right. Uh, one of the very peculiar things in the book of Acts is this thing on, at the beginning of what we call Paul's second missionary journey, where um, uh, he and Silas are passing through the regions of, of Asia Minor where they've been before, and then they go into a new area. And we read the Spirit prevented them from preaching in these sure. areas. And you think, what is going on? The Spirit's right. supposed to empower you to preach. Right. And, of course, we have no idea how that comes to them. And, I, and yeah. the text has, there's nothing, in, by the way, there is nothing in the book of <laughs> Acts that gives you a technique for getting more Holy Spirit. What? I'm sorry. Okay. There is nothing (laughs) that says if you will do this, you will have miraculous power like Peter, Stephen, Philip, and Paul. Right. There is, you know, you don't get to call the shots the way you want them called. Right. By whatever means, they're prevented from preaching, and then Paul comes to Troas, and he has a dream, come over to Macedonia and help us. It's all just a matter of, okay, get across the Aegean to Macedonia. In, In the larger narrative of the thing in, in, well, in the larger New Testament, it's kind of fun to read First Peter and see all of those regions that Paul wasn't allowed yeah. to preach in, they're all evangelized. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the very place to which First Peter is written. Right. At any rate, um, you know, this is, this is how you're living by the Spirit's guidance. Yeah. Uh, what happens in the early chapters of Acts, the church is kind of like occupying the temple, okay. as it were, you know. The, the temple is, is the Lord's space, and the Lord is Jesus. So the church is there teaching and preaching, and the temple hierarchy, who are their bitter enemies, same as they were the bitter enemies of Jesus, are, are there trying to arrest them and, right. and kick them out and so forth and so on. And finally, they succeed. They kill Stephen, and they get a general persecution going on, and everybody Everybody's flees. Scattered, yeah. But what, that doesn't mean the end of, the, of Jesus as Lord of the temple. That means we just expand the temple. Right. Samaria. Yeah, yeah, we go to Samaria. The Ethiopian is included, and the Ethiopian's identity is so important because he comes from the place which, in the in the social geography of the ancient Near East, is about the farthest away place you can imagine. Mm, When you look in the Old Testament for Cush, which is the, the same region, it's always in these texts about the farthest away right. place you can imagine right. the way in the west we talk about timbuktu, timbuktu or yeah, yeah or you know digging a tunnel to china or something of that <laughs> nature um and and you know all of these things are, are socially located so this is a guy from the ends of the earth as it were okay um and and so temp and of course as a eunuch he figures in isaiah's saying the temple of fulfillment is not going to exclude people right the way the current temple does sure. if you aren't bodily whole 
you can't be a part of the temple because right. the the worshiper is supposed to be like the sacrifice in the temple. But God isn't finished. This is this is where He's going, and so the the Ethiopians' inclusion is ah, oh, this is the temple's on the road now. Okay. Um, and of course, if we wanted to go to the Gospel of John, <laughs> which we know. never want to do that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and explain what you mean when you say the temple's on the road. Like, what do you mean yeah. by the word temple here? For yeah. those who haven't that's, been that's with this question. Before. Yeah, if we if we think about this as temple, not merely as a as a building or a place, but as as the place where it is safe for humans to be in touch with God. Okay. One of the distinctive things about Israel's temple is that Canaanite temples were built to protect uh, the God from the outside world. And Israel's tabernacle and temple are built to make it safe for people to approach God. Mm. It's a different thing. We're not protecting the God in a fortress. We're, We're creating a, a, a means by which we can approach God. We recon- recognize the serious business it is to come into the presence of right. the whole, holy yeah, God. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. And, and if, when you read if, Exodus, that's 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 all tied up there. If I could bring in a couple of things that are not Acts. I mean, you mentioned 1 Corinthians already, so I yeah. feel okay to say this, but the, the temple there is mentioned as, as yeah. all y'all are the temple that's of it, God. That's it, and, because the Spirit lives in all of you. And, and then, so this is true individually yeah. and collectively. And then... Peter, you have you know all, you are all being built together yeah. as living stones into if, a house that yeah. is a spirit. You know, the holy priesthood. Ephesians, yeah. same thing. Yeah. You know, Jews and Gentiles are the building blocks of the temple. Right. Um, Gospel of John. Um, what the Samaritan woman? Yeah. Hey, which one's the true temple? Oh, yeah. the time is coming, time is and now coming. is. Yeah. yeah, we're taking the show on the road. Right. Now, you know, as I'm reading the Old Testament, I read that when the temple of fulfillment comes, the Gentiles will stream to it. Right. You know, High, on this, highway of the Lord. Yeah. On about this yeah. mountain, Isaiah yeah. 26, God yeah. says, "I will have a feast for all nations." Right. One of my favorites of, of the Old Testament. Well, what it's happens 25, here? Twenty-five. But... Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, but who's counting? I, I just right? happened to preach from it yesterday. We will. Well, amen, amen. We need that. We need that. Um, and um, as as a wise man has said, chapter numbers in the Bible are like horseshoes and hand grenades. If you get close, it's good it's enough. Good enough. You'll Sorry, find I didn't you get the idea. idea. I didn't you get the idea. Isaiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there. It's it's yeah. somewhere. Keep looking yeah. around. You'll find some other good stuff. It's too. somewhere. <laughs> it's there in the Bible. You just look for it. God helps those who help themselves. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Bible. Uh, that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on this mountain, a feast for all nations. Okay. Right. Well, what happens with this? Okay, the feast goes to the nations. Right. Okay. It ra- I mean, some people use the word centripetal to yeah. describe the imagery of the Old Testament, everything in towards the center. Sure. And Acts is centrifugal. Yeah. It it goes outward, and so this is gathering this is, and scattering. Uh, this be, is an aspect yeah. of the itineracy. Yeah. We sit lightly to place because we are now citizens of the world that God right. is taking back. We carry our identity and our background with us. Sure. One of the amazing things, and this is this is important for multiple reasons, is that in the last quarter of the book of Acts, Paul says he's a Jew multiple times, yep. over and over yep. and over again. Paul never actually says he's a Christian. Uh, he is. But he never says that. He doesn't have to. He says, I am a Jew. Right. And, and a, a big part of the argument there is if you want to be faithful to your identity as a Jew, you've got to understand that Jesus is God's true king. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, not, you're not being faithful to God if, if, if you do otherwise. So, you know, all of this kind of thing is, is going on with itineracy. Prayer is this posture of, of, of dependency yeah. on mm-hmm. God in the midst of this. How are we going to survive in a world where people hate us and we're downtrodden right. and poor and weak and everything else? God is going to provide for his people sure. uh, in this way. And then servant leadership, that the power of, 
of the gospel is to be seen not in the way that we are accustomed to power being exercised. It's to be seen in lowliness that serves others in love. So um, the greatest among you is going to be the servant. While Jesus is telling his disciples in the upper room he's going to die, they're arguing over who is going to be the greatest. And he calls them knuckleheads. (laughs) Uh, And takes the form of a servant. Yeah. Again, to... Allude to John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, but who's now? Where, where do you see the servant leadership? And in, in, can you give me an example of that in Acts? Then, can, yeah, okay. sure. Um, I mean, we see that in in the way that they're just schlepping around. Okay. Okay. Um, that that the leaders of the church are just these ordinary uh, dudes. Okay. 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 That they that they are that they are challenging the powers that be, not by trying to become the powers that be, mm, okay. but by their declaration of who Jesus is, and then just accepting what comes. Okay. So these are these are these are poor ordinary people. Paul okay. Paul makes tents. Right. Um, you know um, they are. They're just they're just on on the road at this level of simplicity. We have heroes in the story like uh, uh, this elderly woman named Dorcas. Mm, good, good. That's a good example. You know, yeah. who's, who spends her life yeah. making things for other poor people, right? And they bring it and they say, "Look, look, look at she all made this she for did. me." Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this that's is, good. This is this is this is the triumph of the thing. Good example. Um, yeah. I mean, you see it in the way that that uh, they are sharing. Uh, generously with one another, um, you know. There's a, always there's always controversy about acts and economics, and people wanting to right. argue capitalism right. and communism as if you can impose those kinds of things on a pre-modern economy, for right. heaven's sake. Um, but. Um, you know, you see different ways that this is manifested. In the church in Jerusalem, people are selling their stuff so sure. that it can be freely shared with the poor. Acts makes very clear that they're doing this freely. Part of the, right. the narrative of Ananias and Sapphira is to make clear this is all happening voluntarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you see a different manifestation of this when we come to the story of the Antioch church in Acts chapter 11 with our mm. favorite Debbie Downer, Agabus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Who, you know, Agabus says... There's a famine, right. and it's gonna, it's coming, and it's going to affect everybody. And understand, a famine doesn't simply mean it's hard to get flour or eggs go up to $5 a dozen or something <laughs> like that. When you're living in an ancient subsistence economy, right. you're probably spending about 60% of your income on food. So if the price goes up very much, you will slowly starve. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, so it's, it's food is unex, in, uh, inaccessible. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And um, you know, you don't just buy something instead of eggs, right? Um, or or you don't get to buy your favorite brand. You have to do the store brand. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah right. exactly. Um, um, so um, ask your neighbors for toilet paper. Um, <laughs> the um, but what does the church at Antioch do? It takes a collection yeah. and sends it to people they don't even know in right. Jerusalem. Right. Mm-hmm. And who are ethnically, many of them, different from them. This is a mixed yeah. ethnicity church, Jews and Gentiles. There first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're Jews and Gentiles. And they're saying, let's help out, help out the people in Jerusalem. Yeah. Why? Because they're our brothers and sisters. Right. Okay. So that's, that's, the, that's the servant leadership okay. in, in all of this. Um, yeah, nobody is, nobody is claiming privilege. Nobody is pulling rank. You follow Jesus by serving one another in love. Right. right. Yeah. And then what was there? Was there another category then after that? Or? Um, no, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Lose Poverty, itinerancy, prayer, servant leadership. Okay. Thanks yeah. for unpacking those for me. No, that that, yeah. That yeah. Um, you know, some, some other categories that we can think about. Um, the Gospel of Luke shows Jesus as um, 
deliberately focused on the outcast, the poor, yeah. on women, the outsiders, on yeah. children. Um, people who read these books, not just critically in a in a broad sense, but crit- critically in a negative sense, say, "Ah, oh, you know, acts becomes so bourgeois because um, <laughs> no longer is there this focus on the poor, uh, etc." Um, well. Yeah, but okay. the inclusion of Gentiles is critical right. here because there's a there's a very important kind of mixed nexus of power in in the world of, of these narratives. If you are a Jew in the Greco-Roman world, you are largely an outsider. Of course, there's a, another story to be told about the way that Jewish people found various ways to accommodate the right. larger Hellenistic culture, and some went all the way, and some went right. not so far, and others separated themselves, etc., but if you are if you are Jewish, you are a cultural outsider. Your your faith and your ethnic identity demand a kind of nonconformity to the to the culture at large that puts you on the outside. So you are without power. But in the context of your religious faith, you hold all the cards because you belong to the people of God, and the okay. Gentiles are as Gentiles excluded. You may welcome them to acknowledge the God of Israel, but unless they renounce their old tribe and right. join yours, right. they are on the outside. Okay, so if you are a Jewish believer in Jesus and you're including Gentiles, you just surrendered all your power Okay, right there. Okay, and so what, what Luke is showing us with Jesus seeking the lowly and focusing on the poor, on the women, on children in the Gospel of Luke is largely but not entirely transposed to the inclusion of Gentiles because they are the number one group of disempowered outsiders in the power structure of the people of God. Ironically enough, and maybe even more potently, what this means for Jewish believers is, as I said, giving up the last place where you've got any so, anything where you signify by your identity. So Cornelius's household, I mean, Cornelius within the Roman hierarchy would have had... He's a deal. Yeah, would have mm-hmm. a significant position. Yes. But, Peter, you know, he he asked request for Peter to come to him. To his yeah. Household. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. That's great. Yes, yeah. that's right. That that the tables are turned yeah. here to the point that Cornelius bows before sure. him in a way that Peter yeah. says, "Don't do that." And I don't think that that means that Cornelius thought that no that, that, right. that Peter was divine, but that Peter is emphasizing, you know. Now there is no favoritism. Yeah, there is no favoritism, and and of course this is this is the message. Now I understand there is no favoritism. Right, and what is what is the thing that Peter gets in trouble for? You <laughs> ate in a Gentile's house. Yeah, you, you, you went into you went into his house and ate with him. You yeah. ate with right. him. You you risked contamination, and you're treating him like a brother. Right. And right. well, what could I do? God gave him the spirit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But right there, I just lost the last place sure. where I signified for, for who I am. So so there's a there's a fascinating um, transformation that's that's taking place in all of that. Now, if if I if I can tag onto this, when we get to the end of the book and we see Paul saying, "I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew." Really what he's saying there is we're now we're now very long, far along in the book and we're understanding we shouldn't say as modern non-Jewish Christians often do, the Jews rejected Jesus because all of my New Testament heroes, almost without exception, are Jewish. Are Jewish. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, including Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, Which so, Paul says something about in Romans. I he think. does yeah. indeed. Yeah. yeah, he does indeed. <laughs> and he says in Acts, I'm a Jew, I'm a Jew, I'm a Jew. Right. The point is to say, no, Judaism and Christianity aren't two different things. Christianity is 
the true fulfillment of Judaism. Judaism. It is the true fulfillment of the promises that God has made to Israel to bless the nations, to send his true king, to restore his people after exile, and in so doing, to show to the world by his mighty hand that he is the true God. The irony is that he's doing it in this cruciform way. So when Paul says, I'm a Jew, what he's saying is, and this is how I came to the point where I am now, and why I am being faithful to my Jewish identity, even my Pharisaic identity, because I believe in the resurrection of the dead, and now God has done it. Right. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Gamaliel, being a student of Gamaliel the Great, like this, Mm -hmm. but this is the actual fulfillment. Now, that gets you in trouble sometimes, Uh (laughs) if you're like me, you know. Uh, because there are people who want to continue to to say to, to say that that's an appropriation of that of that uh, Old Testament uh, or that the Jewish uh, yeah. character. Yeah. Uh, how how would you respond to that? Or I would say it is. <laughs> right. Yes, it is an appropriation of Jewish right. character. It is a very real question. Yeah. How do we understand? Judaism. Yeah. What is it? I mean, it isn't as if these discussions aren't going on. I mean, it isn't as right. if everyone is agreed on what it means to live as sure. a Jew, right? right? And and obviously, this is this is a place where we need Jewish voices involved yeah. in the discussion. Um, to say to say this on on the negative in in, in maybe a, a more appropriately servant leadership way, if, if, if that is the case, <laughs> especially after you've drawn attention to it. Um, we're, we're living with 2,000 years of bad Christian behavior. Right. Uh, right. When Christianity became ascendant in the West, it became oppressive of people who continued to dissent from Christianity by maintaining Jewish identity apart from belief in Jesus. Right. And, um, in, and there's a process. As, as non-Jews became dominant in the church, it became harder and harder to maintain an identity as a Jew and to believe in Jesus. Uh, and and of course, there are things that happen in in, in medieval and early modern Europe sure. that have to do with economics and law and so forth that exacerbate these tensions and right. so forth. So I understand fully why, uh, for modern Jewish people, it is difficult to say you can be a Jew and confess Jesus as Messiah. Right. I understand where that comes from. I would simply want to say, let's read these texts and understand right. in the beginning it was not so. Yeah. As far as these people were concerned, they were still Jews, right. and they were compelled to believe this because of what they had seen and heard. I'd say it's, in a way, it's, it's even an extension of the Old Testament story. You, yeah. know, you get... You get uh, Someone like Ruth, just as an example, who says, you know, your God will be my God, your people will be my people. Mm -hmm. It's just an extension of that uh, inclusion and acceptance, you know, that this is, well, there is no, as to, you know, to quote uh, a Jewish rabbi, you know, there is now no dividing wall of hostility, right? That's that's, been broken down in Christ. Yeah, if you start with the promise to Abraham, Genesis 12 happens to follow Genesis 11. Right. Uh, So, you know, that. The Tower of Babel is the narrative which is summarized in Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage? Why is the world in chaos? It's in rebellion against God. What does God promise to do with that? Genesis 12. By you I will bless all the families of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and so, yeah, Ruth is... is, a proleptic example of that. Yeah. As, and there, there are others. As there I are others. Pointed yeah. that one out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and of course, Jesus gets into deep trouble pointing some of these out yeah. in the synagogue at Nazareth in Luke chapter 4. Uh, and when Paul is in the temple uh, in Acts chapter 22, he says, you know, uh, God said to me, go because I'm sending you to the Gentiles. And that's when people start throwing dust and, and tearing their clothes. <laughs> right. And the Roman centurion rescues him from, right. you know, uh, so forth. So, yeah, I mean, is it a cultural appropriation? Judaism is is 
multifaceted sure. in in the Second Temple period, and it is today, <laughs> and it is today. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. There, are, you know, this is this. I heard someone say this, and I've repeated it countless times. There are two Jewish sects that survived the fall of the Temple. Yeah, they are the Pharisees who became the the foundation of rabbinic Judaism from which all other Judaisms later flow, and the Christians. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fun trick question to throw at undergraduates. <laughs> who are the two Jewish sects who survived the fall of the temple? They always get the Pharisees. Right. Yeah. Right. All right, from a layman's perspective. Yes. What, what does this mean for how we read then? What does well, it mean for as we read a, That's Acts. a really good question. I, it, uh, as we read Acts, I think we are being challenged to see in our own lives this pattern of cruciformity um, and to pursue it deliberately. Okay. And, and let me just use, you know, some of these, some of these categories, poverty, itineracy, prayer, servant leadership, you know, how are those characteristic of my life and to what degree do they, can they become more? And if you're looking for a formula here, you're going to fail, you know, how much do I have to pray? Right. That's not the question. Okay. Right. This isn't this isn't a checklist that we tick off. A life of dependency on God is a life of dependency on God, which is going to be expressed in a prayerful life, irrespectively of how often we stop and pray. Though it'll probably be more often than we would otherwise. Right. You know, a life yeah. of poverty may be expressed and, and, in various ways, but it's always yeah. going to challenge the way we think of ourselves and our security. And I got to tell you, you know, as I'm at an age where I'm approaching retirement and thinking about all of that, <laughs> right. it is no less true now right. than it has been at any point of, right. of my hand to mouth existence. Just go back to, well, you know, it's, it's the pattern in Acts. Silver and gold have I none. Yeah, exactly. That's what a Christian worker should have. So It seems the, to be the case. <laughs> oh, in the Christian church. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah just, just to make a joke against everything that we've been taught to this point. <laughs> um, just go back to that idea of prayer. It, and it, it's... Yeah, it's dependency upon God. It's and this is really the, the this is the struggle. It's not it's not the act of praying. I yeah. would say it is it is to be a person who is saying I'm not going to come up with the answers on my own. Right. Uh, and, and again, I'll I'll say it goes all the way back to the garden, really, and that's that's just it that absolutely does over and over yes. again. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come up with the answers on my own. I'm going to trust myself to the Creator of the universe to say He's the one who's going to. To guide me, you know, yeah. not, try, you know, lean not on your own understanding, and yeah. always acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. It's just, you know, just a part of that. No, that's that, that is that is absolutely yeah. the case. I am a person who, by nature, is wired to try to think through contingencies and come up yeah, with, sure. with plans of action for right. all of that. You know, I based play, on your own abilities and your own I, power. I play chess right. with life. Right. You know, <laughs> okay. If this move, then that move, etc., yeah. etc. Et but you reach points in your life, and I have recently, where you realize I can't do that. Yeah. All I can do is live in the moment sure. and thank God for taking care of me and trust right. him to take care of all of these contingencies that even if I imagined them, I couldn't figure out how to respond right. to. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And as we choose to live that way, we are expanding the temple. The kingdom. The kingdom. Yeah, we are. We are. And, and this, and this is down. where, you know, we might think of, okay, we're not even talking about proclamation because the church in Acts is talking about Jesus all the time. But the talk about Jesus doesn't mean a thing if you aren't leading a Jesus-like life. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so both in their proclamation and in their life, the church is prophetic. 
Uh, and there's something I think that addresses us now as well. I mean, again, a lot of us are concerned about the, the loss of influence that Christianity has in Western culture in America in particular. Uh, and as, and we, we reflect on the mistakes that we have made, right? And we think mm-hmm. about correcting those mistakes. The larger reality is we are called to live Christ-like lives and to do that in deed and in word. And we simply have to do that. We have to you know, and that doesn't prescribe a specific course of action. It may take us in various directions in specific institutions, communities, roles that we might have. But we do that in utter dependency on God. This is who sure. we are called to be. This is where the true power of God is manifested. And God's will is going to prevail in the world. He's got us right where he wants yeah. us, huh? As, as well, as, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, why are you looking up to heaven? He's yeah. going to return in the same way that he left. Right. You know, so stop looking. Yeah. I think I think this has been great. You know, I, yeah. I think those four categories, you know, I think sometimes when we read, a, Acts can take a little bit to read. You know, there's yeah, a lot is. happening yeah. in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when you have those categories that you kind of highlighted, for us to be thinking about those mm-hmm. things as we read these yeah. books mm-hmm. and to see, like, how is this form? How is this forming them in this story? And then yeah. that reflective back, like, how is this forming me? Am I reflecting yeah. that? As you said, you know, it's word yeah. and deed. Um, and I think having those categories in mind kind of gives you a framework to start digesting some of that uh, right. throughout Acts and what's, what's happening there. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how big it is. I, 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 rem- I could, I'll never forget when you said this. It was a, it was a graduate level Greek class we had, and mm-hmm. you know the first time I heard you say that that twenty five percent of the of the narrative of of the New Testament. Is is or the yeah. words of the New Testament? Yeah. So Luke Acts. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems counterintuitive, but when you start thinking about it, these are these are big books with long chapters. Yeah. Just, uh-huh. just grab your Bible and pinch the pages. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And then see there's a lot there. Yeah. There is. There is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, Paul is a little less than that. John is a little less than that, and that leaves some room for some other guys. Those other guys. Yeah. All, the, all those other. As I would say, the, all those other guys and the stuff they wrote. So. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And. Um, uh, well, I have nothing else to say. Well, it, it, <laughs> it's good, but I, but I yeah. I also appreciate the, the the continuation of the work of Jesus. Yeah, you know, I think I, at least in me, I'm projecting myself. You know, we think about just the Spirit. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's the Pentecost, and we got the Spirit. Yeah. But just to thinking that this this is a continuation of the story of Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, the Spirit's empowering the continuation of the story of That's Jesus. That's exactly right. But yeah. uh, it, for me, it, it's, it's always been, it's about the Spirit and right. Acts, you know, and that's equipping there. But this is about the Spirit equipping the continuation of the narrative of Jesus. Yeah, right. it is the Spirit. It is about the Spirit. Yes. It's about the Spirit that Jesus pours out sure. because Jesus yeah. is King. You're right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so it's gonna. It is the spirit, and, that, and Jesus that's always a big. Out. You know, Jesus is King. Yeah. You know, we've, we talked about that in a recent couple. Well, when this comes out, several episodes back about, <laughs> uh, but that Jesus is King. Like we, right. we've got to reclaim some of that, like that that kingship yeah. piece of it. Not just that Jesus died for my sins, yeah. but He is King now. Yeah, exactly. This is and this is this is all good stuff. I just want to. It occurred to me on the way, and and I just want to ask about this one thing. And I don't mm-hmm. know if this Please is going to be relevant or not. But you mentioned Pentecost just then, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and how how because. A lot of times we, we really point to that in Acts. I yeah, mean, yeah. Pentecost is such an important yeah. text. What what is your thought about about that? Is it is okay. it that central or how do it you? It is. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Um, um, it's programmatic, okay. if you will. Okay. First of all, um, it's it's important. It's interesting that. 
Pentecost is on the is has become known in the Second Temple period as the celebration of the giving of the of the law at Mount Sinai. Right. So hmm. there, there's there's a bit by of, this by this time it wasn't not, if you you're not gonna find that in the Old Testament. Correct. That's what John's saying, but but by this period of time, yeah. that's one of the things that's celebrated. At this Just time. like you're not gonna find Hanukkah in the Old right. Testament. <laughs> That's right. You got to look at Maccabees. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so this is this is the tradition that has 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 grown up, um, but um, it, and and it's worth mentioning all the people who are in that narrative are Jewish, but they have come to Jerusalem probably not just for Pentecost, but I think given some things in the language to live in Jerusalem. Oh. Huh. Uh, but then, as we think about, of course, what we typically think about, and by the way, one of the things that we've been doing this whole time. Um, deliberately on my part, maybe unconsciously on yours, <laughs> we are not talking about controversy over Pentecostal charismatic phenomena. Sure. Mm-hmm. I am not yeah. interested in talking yeah. about that controversy. Right. Okay, right. I become. We'll have you on another time to know to express <laughs> to express my indifference. Okay, right. about all of that. Okay. I actually have opinions on it, but right. they aren't related to... For the shit. purposes of this podcast, you don't. <laughs> Episode. Well, and it, it, my opinions may surprise you. Okay, that's that's a way of getting on again because oh, that's geez. a tease. Oh, jeez. Um, but as, as we think about think about Pentecost, not right. in terms of that controversy, should we or shouldn't we, is this, is this incidental, is it necessary? Think about this story in terms of how it re- would resonate against prior biblical stories. Okay. What does it mean for a bunch of people to be speaking a bunch of different languages? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's an echo of... Babel. Of, of, yeah, the time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Reversal of Babel. Yeah, it is, it is a reversal of that. Okay, there we have many languages which come as a result of people's rebellion against sure. God and lead to confusion and hostility. Again, right. I think Psalm 2 is the... Poetic version of Genesis 11 on this point. Okay. So what happens here? It is by God's spirit that these people speak many languages and God is praised and everyone understands and they come together. Bring it together. And then you look at the way that Luke describes this. Um, It's like he's got Jerusalem. It's like he's looking at a map that has Jerusalem in the center and he goes goes east and northeast and and he just goes all around, including. So it's like all points of the compass. We're all here when he's talking about naming all the nations that these yeah, people all, are all of all of the places where yeah. these people have yeah. been okay and then you know this will be for you and your children and for all, all who are far off. off and peter is speaking better than he understands because because <laughs> yeah he, at least uh, better than he practices yeah because he needs a he needs a two by four against the head in chapter 10 right right okay. yeah. yes. well, i'm not gonna eat that stuff right yeah. um and, and and so forth so so what what we're seeing there is the announcement okay this is the fulfillment of god's promise to bless the nations right. this is this is genesis 12 answering genesis 11 okay this is you know the the reversal of babel it's not a perfect reversal it's more like turning a sock inside out sure mm. okay. okay okay yeah and then it's leading toward i i would say revelation where you've got yeah every, people from every yeah, tribe yeah, 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 language yeah. and they're yeah. all and they're all Joining together. In this course yeah, together. And, and, yeah, and they are not there because their identities have been no. obliterated yeah. or that they have been assimilated. They yeah. are there in their diversity, but in a unity that transcends that. The, the passage that I love out of Revelation, I think, points to that is where it says the wealth of the nations we brought into that. Yeah. There, there's a way, and you have to be careful. You get into the doctrine, the medieval doctrine of the blessed fall, if you're not if you're not too careful. But but there's a way in which all of this this beautiful diversity that has been brought about as a result of our mm-hmm. sin, God in His His providence and in his um, 
power has made it into something even more beautiful than yeah. we could imagine. Yeah. Well, know? yeah, and, and I think the upshot of, of, of uh, Babel is not that we would all be the same kind of people if we weren't sinners. It's that, no, oh, it's, right. it's, yeah, right. it's, it's, our, it's our willful sinfulness that makes us hate each other right? That's in, true. in our difference. Because, well I mean, yeah. I'm not even totally comfortable with you two white guys. <laughs> That's fine. That's, that's mutual. Well, yeah. I mean, you're from the wrong side of Indianapolis. That's fair. That's yeah. right. South side. South sider. And Brian, uh, yeah. I mean, both, both of you are from northern Indiana. Brian, you're I mean, basically from Kentucky. Anything anything north of Columbus is northern Indiana to me. I, 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 oh, gosh. <laughs> well, on those wonderful notes. Your Unity geography, your and everything. Lessons. Yes, yeah. we're gonna wrap up this episode. Yeah. Thanks John, again, John. Thank you so yeah. much. Oh, really it's good. just a blast. Good yeah, stuff. It's been great so. stuff. Come, and come back to Maison Weatherly anytime. Yeah, we've, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a great place to host and uh, and centrally located. Incredible thoughts. Yeah, very centrally, centrally located. located. For us. And so we don't. Yeah, it's not bistro. very delicious. Yeah. chocolate chip cookies. It's not Bistro East or Bistro West. This is it's Bistro, bistro Central. Central. Shambana Bistro. Shambana Bistro. All right. Well, we'll be back next Tuesday. All right. Thanks. See you.